you know, at the end of the day, I've had really good data from small sample sets and I've gotten some pretty questionable data from, from larger ones. And so I don't think there's a really great answer of, of how to approach that, unfortunately, um, aside from experience. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward Friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode two of a five-part series with Tim Cox. Tim, we are talking about coffee at scale. So for those who don't know what that means, we're not talking about like, you know, making a couple of hundred coffees at your local little coffee shop. We're talking about big, big numbers. Um, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about the value of data. And data is an asset and yes, I said that it's an asset that most businesses completely ignore and undervalue. Um, so Tim, when it comes to convenience and when it comes to coffee at scale, what role does data play in how big companies make decisions around their products? It's everything really, honestly. Um, and that, was a really fun learning experience for me in my own career um mm -hmm. moving from smaller kind of boutique specialty companies um where often we would make decisions because we thought we had a fun idea um and then our customer base would validate that or or not um but we had you know maybe a handful of stores uh to, to worry about how that decision was going to impact but you know, especially when you look at an industry like convenience, when you have thousands of stores potentially, mm. and, and especially, you know, a lot of these companies, uh, have a franchise element. And so there's people that are really relying on decisions that come from the corporate end for their success as well. Um, you can't make haphazard decisions and everything needs to have data to back it up. Um, and so, you know, you, you might think that I've observed this trend in the industry, but you don't know the longevity or the future of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so the more cold, hard facts that you have to back it up, that's really got to be the basis of how you make decisions in general. Right. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it, very small impacts of, uh, a couple customers may be deciding not to come to your store anymore because of a change that you made to your business that really is amplified when you multiply that by hundreds or thousands of units. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I mean, data is really the backbone of any decisions made in, in a coffee business at scale, I would say. I think the one thing that a lot of people get concerned about is increasing their prices and yeah. they kind of hold their breath when they make the decision to increase prices. And what is the kind of data that they could collect to help them make that uh, decision with more confidence, in your opinion? In a situation like that, I think that can vary so much business to business that, that testing uh, in the market is, is really the key there um, to you know, select uh, a relevant market that's really representative of kind of how things work across your enterprise, uh, make changes, especially if you have the opportunity to, you know, do some A-B testing or, or something along those lines where you can make two different changes and then compare and contrast the results, um, what was successful or not successful across different sample groups. Um, 
But I think, you know, internal data that you can generate that way is always going to be the most valuable because you know that it's directly representative of your actual business. And when it comes to running businesses at scale, is the data usually generated from within the business or is that something that people outsource to other companies that are specialized in data collection? I think it's usually a combination of all of the above. Um, I mean, certainly I think most companies at scale have internal teams that are doing some of this testing and analyzing results on their own. Um, certainly, you know, resources are always limited uh, when compared with the amount of initiatives most of these companies are usually trying to accomplish. And so, uh, I mean, there's no shortage of third-party organizations that can help uh, generate some of this data as well. Um, I certainly had great success myself working with some some companies like that. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of great companies that just exist to aggregate data across the market, uh, different segments, different companies, and, and deliver that in a way that's really valuable. And so, you know, from the perspective of uh, like my role right now, for example, um, I'm in marketing. And so my job is to help empower the salespeople with the information that they need to be successful. Um, and some of the partnerships that we have with uh, data providers that we work with are, mm -hmm. are invaluable in enabling me to do my job. So help me with something when it comes to that. I really, really struggle with the, the pathetically small sample sizes that the, mm. a lot of marketing data comes out in and says, you know, Coal brew sales across the United States are up seventy percent, and then you like look at the uh, the sample size, and there's uh -huh. one thousand six hundred people that have been surveyed f to be representative of a population of two hundred and almost fifty million people. How do we justify? And look, I'm a scientist, so I mean, I look at that and go. Mm, that doesn't quite like that gives me anxiety the thought that that's what we're doing <laughs> uh -huh. um so how do we justify using such shitty data to make such sweeping statements that will go on to have ripple effects down into small business that will then base their their decision making in the way that they're going to set up their business on on reports reckless reports in my opinion am i seeing that wrong am i seeing it that that is uh, am, is is my point of view uh, a little bit perhaps off center there can you reframe that for me so that i can get on board sure. yeah i'm not a scientist or a statistician <laughs> um so uh i don't know that that i uh know what you know to to view it through the same lens but i mean i've i've certainly had similar thoughts when I review kind of the, the yeah. information about sampling in, in some reports that I've read. Um, Friends, World of Coffee Dubai is back in 2024, and I am proud to announce that the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward will be the official podcast partner for World of Coffee Dubai for the second year in a row. The Roasters Village will be a one-of-a-kind destination for all things coffee. As an exhibitor, introduce your artisanal roasts to an international audience and gain valuable insights from their perspective. Visitors, immerse yourself in the celebratory coffee culture experience by sampling exclusive cups 
poured with passion from cafes worldwide and absorb insights that will elevate your own appreciation of all things coffee. Whether you brew coffee or just love savoring a fine cup, this event gathers the global coffee community under one roof in an amazing city. Join us at World of Coffee Dubai in 2024 at Dubai World Trade Center from the 21st until the 23rd of January. Tickets are available at dubai.worldofcoffee.org or you can contact us on social media for any questions that you might have at mapforward.coffee. Get your tickets now, folks. Come see the podcast being recorded live and we hope to see you in January in Dubai for World of Coffee. You know, at the end of the day, I've had really good data from small sample sets and I've gotten some pretty questionable data from from larger ones. And so I don't think there's a really great answer of of how to approach that, unfortunately, um, aside from experience. You know, once you worked with information from certain sources over a long enough period of time and, and seen if it bore out in reality or not, um, I mean, some, uh, listen, there's, there's hundreds of these companies, right? And so it can be hard to know who to look to and, and who to trust. Um, but I think a lot of the ones that you see referenced the most often are referenced the most often for a reason. Um, you know, I, I've worked with a lot of different, uh, agencies and a lot of different reports over time. And, you know, I think over time you can kind of get a feel for, you know, this source said that this is where the market was going and that's where it went. Um, you know, as far as being, if you're, if you're new to the experience of, of making these decisions based on the data that you're getting from some of these different Mm -hmm. reports and companies, I, I think you've got to talk to people that you trust and and get pointed in the right direction, perhaps, because um, like I said, I mean, in my own experience, it's really just been a learning experience of what works and what doesn't work. How do you advise someone who's got like a little coffee shop or a roasting company and they want to start collecting their own data? What are some ways that they might be able to start thinking about approaching that? I mean, really just you've got to take it all back to your customer. I think the most difficult thing for people trying to make that jump in smaller companies is to remove themselves from their decision-making process a little more. Um, People, I mean, entrepreneurs are visionaries at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, and that's why they have a business because they think that they have something valuable to offer to the market. Um, And it's really hard, I think, for a lot of people to you know, let go of that control a little more and kind of let the market guide them versus thinking that they can educate and guide them. I hear people all the time, like, it's our job to, you know, um, educate the customers about what's good. No, it's not. It's like, no, I think at the end of the day, (laughs) your customers know what they think is good. And if you want to have a viable business, then you need to listen to them. And so, I mean, I think that would just be my number one piece of advice is you know if you think you know better than your customers or you think you know better than the market data maybe just reconsider that assumption a little bit um and just be okay with letting the market guide you a lot of the time i help my consulting clients see the idea that 
getting to the point where you can start influencing your customer is kind of a two-step process. First of all, you've got to build the trust with them that they feel heard and seen in the fact that you're providing a product that is valuable to them or solves a problem to them. And once they can trust that you can continue to solve that problem consistently, they're open to hearing from you about something that they might want to try that's different. And until you establish that trust, not happening. 100%. So, yeah. Alrighty, so in the next episode, we're going to talk about convenience versus quality for coffee shops. And this kind of ties together the first two episodes and, and we go deeper on on the idea of, of how that convenience, is it going to upscale the quality or downgrade the quality? I have so many opinions about this. I'm so excited about this conversation. Join yeah. us in the, in the next episode, folks. Peace of and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.